back in the day when our boys were home and they were little, a lot of times we would play board games to kind of uh, um, <clears throat> pass the time. Have you heard of the game Monopoly? How many have that thing at home? We used to keep it underneath the couch, and as soon as the game was over, we'd slide it back there. That's a sermon for a whole nother day. However, um, a lot of times the boys would like to play that when it got close to bedtime. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but Monopoly is retiring one of the pieces. Did you know that? The thimble has been retired. No more. They're wanting to maybe replace it with something more contemporary, something more trendy, something more happening. So they're considering a cell phone or a computer monitor or a jet airplane. People are upset because there would be no more thimble. Some are protesting. I'm like, seriously, you have nothing more to do than protest the thimble? But that, we don't do, we don't do change very well, do we? Even in that kind of change. I don't know if you're aware, but there's a new movement underway in our world. The Food and Drug Administration is requiring calorie counting on menus in restaurants. Have you seen them? You'll look at that entree and there'll be a little number beside it. It seems to have caught on. I guess they want us to make better food choices. My wife does that for me. 75% of America support the menu labeling. You know, I've really never thought about it. 84% say it's very helpful. 90 Three say they think it's very important. So far, the studies have shown that the best design for calorie labels doesn't really affect us much. In fact, the studies show that calorie counting doesn't change eating habits. I want the chicken. (laughs) So you get the chicken, you know? Fried. Not that naked kind, but I mean fried with the mashed potatoes and gravy. What's the calorie count? I don't care. You know, I mean, that, that's where we, 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 we don't like change very much. Did you know that there are 600,000 bypasses surgeries in America every year? 600,000. I mean, that is a huge amount. The doctors say it's a temporary fix. Unless the patient is willing to change. They say that patients need to change their lifestyle, their diet. They need to quit smoking and drinking. And they need to uh, exercise more and reduce stress. Doctors say, this is kind of harsh, change or die. And you would think that a near-death experience would kind of push people to the brink of change. I mean, wouldn't you? The study done two years after surgery, 90% of heart patients have not changed their lifestyle. 
or altered their behavior. So it's almost as if they're changing death over life. We're just not very good at change. Not even our toothpaste. Don't mess with me. John chapter 5, verses 1 through 18 today. And there we find a fella who encounters Jesus. And it's obvious that there's some change issues going on. And I'm not sure he's really locked in. Jesus has gone to Jerusalem for a special feast, a religious celebration. And in John 5, we see him near one of the the gates to the city. This is the one called the Sheep Gate. And at the entrance of this gate, there is a pool there. It was called Bethesda. And it was kind of common thought back in that day that now and then an angel of the Lord would come and stir the water, would trouble the water. And then the thought was, first one in the pool, after the stirring, would be healed from their difficulty. That was legend. True, don't think so. Evidently, that pool supplied water to the sacrificial room in the temple. And after a series of sacrifices, the people in the temple would open the valve. These people were genius. The valve to the pool, and that would allow fresh water to come into the, um, the sacrificial room, which needed cleaning, washing. And that water would allow um, the people in the temple to clear the area of all the remains from the sacrifices. So do you see the concept there? Had nothing to do with the angel of the Lord. Had nothing to do with any kind of healing experience. It was just their hope, their thought. It was what they were hanging on to. But it was just a way of cleaning the house. There are three sentences in this section. Three times Jesus interacts with a man who had been there for 38 years. Think about that. Whenever he was able, he made his way to the pool to hang out for 38 years. Now, I like a good pool, don't you? Like hanging out at the pool, but I don't think I'd want to do it for 38 years. But he spent most of his time, most of his free time at the pool, waiting for the water to be stirred so that he might go in and receive some type of healing. These three sentences that Jesus uses to converse with this man, I think, teach us three truths. Not just about that day, but about the day in which we live today. Three things that we ought to remember. And verses 5 and 6 say, uh, One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and 
learn what he had been or that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, this is the first phrase, the first teaching point. Do you want to get well? I mean, right out of the blocks, that's where Jesus starts. Interesting question, wouldn't you say? The man had been in this condition for 38 years, and it seems like the answer would be, yes, I do, or absolutely, or duh. But even more interesting is the man's response to this question that Jesus asks him. Verse 7, Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred, while I'm trying to get in, someone always goes down before me. He didn't, I mean, this was a yes or no question, right? Do you want to be healed? Yes or no? Instead, he begins to rattle off a series of excuses. Every time the water is stirred, I try to get in, but someone always splashes before me. If I'd have been the guy, if I'd have been there for 38 years, I think I'd have been laying right by that pool, wouldn't you? I mean, right on the edge. And maybe a few times I'd go in too soon. But I would, maybe I'd have a leg dangling in the water. I, I would be ready to go 38 stinking years. Simple yes or no question. And the man began to make excuses. Instead of yes, he just says, hey, I've been here for a long, long time. Maybe his condition had taken a toll on him. Have you ever been there? Maybe your condition today has taken a toll on you. Maybe you don't feel like there's much hope. I'm just not talking physical now. I'm talking maybe a financial issue in your life. Maybe it's taken a toll on you. Maybe you haven't recovered. Maybe you'd like to be whole again, but it just doesn't look like it's in the cards. Too many wrong choices, bad habits. Maybe it is physical. Maybe you started drinking a long time ago. Now, you're not a professional or anything, an alcoholic, I call them professionals. They start early in the morning and they drink all day long. Maybe you've been there, maybe you quit a time or two, maybe, you're, maybe it's just, a, just too much. I had a friend call me one time, her husband evidently had a gambling problem. And she was so upset because of what he had gambled away recently. Maybe that's an issue. Maybe it's the way you talk. Oh, I don't talk that way around kids. This is adult language. <laughs> Seriously. Maybe you talk that way. Hey, I'm a clerk. I've always been a clerk. I talk like a clerk. I walk like a clerk. I'm a clerk, and we clerks talk that way. It's part of who we are. Maybe that's an issue. Maybe you've been talking that way for a long, long time. 
Oh man, I could go down and list all kinds of things here. But do you see the conflict here? This man had had a physical ailment for 38 years and maybe it had taken its toll. Or, or, or maybe he had given up hope. I've been to every doctor around. I've tried everything. I've done this. They poked me there. I've drank. It's just nothing's working. Have you been there? Maybe in and out of rehab or maybe to more doctors than you can shake a stick at? Or maybe you're just tired of looking at all those notices that come at the end of the month. I don't know what the condition is. But Jesus is asking you today, do you want to get well? Do you want to be whole again? Do you want to feel good? Maybe this man couldn't answer the question because of his desperation. Maybe he was at the end of his rope. And he just couldn't answer. Have you ever been at the end of your rope? Have your kids ever pushed you to the edge? Has your spouse ever pushed you to the edge? Has your work ever pushed you to the edge and you're just barely hanging on? You know, a lot of times I'll get phone calls at people who are at the end of their rope. Guess what I am? I'm the knot that they're hanging on to at the bottom. And we, t- we talk, we pray, we cry. Maybe he was just that desperate. And, and I, I wonder if, if there's anyone here today who is that desperate, that frustrated, that stressed. My question is, the question that Jesus asks, do you want to be well? Do you want to be whole? And you know, we're great at excuses, aren't we? I mean, they come in all shapes and sizes. I would be a better mom, but I'd be a better church member, but better employee. Maybe you've been far removed from hope for a long, long time. The question is, do you want to get well? Maybe you've had this problem for a long, long time. question is, do you want to get well? Maybe you feel like no one, no one cares or will help. question is, do you want to get well? Maybe you feel pretty alone today. And the question is, do you want to get well? And I guess what I want to do today is to challenge you to Stop thinking about all the reasons why it can't happen. To stop making excuses why things will never, ever be better. I'm sorry your marriage didn't work. But maybe it's time to pick up the pieces and move on. Maybe it's time to allow Jesus to bring the healing 
Maybe it's time to start thinking about the possibilities that God can give, his promises. Maybe it's time to start thinking about the, the, the wholeness that he wants to share. He wants you to feel whole. And maybe it's been a long, long time since you have felt whole. Maybe you are still grieving because your kids are not what you hoped they would be. Maybe you are still grieving because of some of your failures. The question that we need to focus on today is, do you want to be well? Do you want to move on? Do you want to continue in a positive place? And I know it's kind of a loaded question, and it's, it comes with a lot of responsibility you see, Jesus asked this man, a well man cannot spend his days hanging out at the pool unless you're a lifeguard. Well man has to get out there and get after it. A well man cannot uh, um, hope that his friends and family and strangers are generous with him. He needs to get out and get a job. I mean, a lot of responsibility comes when a person begins to take care of themselves. And you know, there are some people who just can't get that, can they? They just can't take care of themselves. They're always expecting um, maybe a handout and not a hand up, be it physically, emotionally, or spiritually. The simple question is, do you want to get well? And that's the key to our wholeness. Because the key to becoming whole is becoming holy. And I want to talk you through that this morning as we explore these three phrases. Right now, right here, maybe today is the time that you give your finances, your health, your addiction issues, your guilt, your sin, whatever, you leave them here in this room today in the hands of God. Wouldn't that be a great thing? To walk out of here with, without those feelings anymore? Maybe you could be a better husband. Maybe you could be a better dad, a better mom, a better wife. Maybe you could be a better kiddo. There's more to it than jumping into a magic pool, I'm telling you. There's a lot of people who think that this pool is magic. It's not. This water comes from the Ohio River. I think not too magic. Nothing spiritual there. We had some friends. I had some friends that I baptized in the Jordan River. Nothing magic about that water. It still reminds me of Pigeon Creek. Have you seen Pigeon Creek lately? Not a whole lot of magic going on there. So there's got to be more to it than that. It seems like we look for quick excuses for our problems. I've been around the block a time or two. Guess what I found? <laughs> there's no quick excuses. No quick fixes. I guess there are quick excuses, just no quick fixes. Usually a fix takes a lot of work, doesn't it? That's kind of the deal. So 
So the question is, do you want to be well? Do you want to be whole? Are you ready to quit making excuses? You know, you'll notice here, the man didn't answer the question, but Jesus evidently had mercy on him, and he healed the man. Verse 8, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Verse 9, and at once the man was cured, he picked up his mat, and he walked. Second sentence. Do you want to be well? Then pick up your mat and walk. I mean, you could almost hear Jesus asking the question in this room today. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be free from this difficulty? Then get up and do something. Jesus healed the man, and then the man had to respond to his word in faithful obedience. Do I try to get up? Do I try to walk? Do I pick up this mat with me? And the man did that. He showed some faith. When was the last time, catch this, when was the last time you showed a little faith and did something before you had all your ducks in a row? Oh, we don't like to do, we don't like to do that, do we? We like to get our ducks in a row and we have a bunch of geese around our house. I don't like them. They're very good at fertilizing the yard. I got a company that comes to do that. I don't need that. I try to shoo them, you know. When was the last time you had a big decision to make and you couldn't even find your ducks? I mean, nothing looked clear to you, so all you had to do was, now catch this, trust God. Family was praying for grandma, and she was at the table, and the prayer was something like this, we've done all that we can for grandma, now it's time to trust God. And she interrupted the prayer and said, has it finally come to that? (laughs) Yeah, grandma, that's the deal. Just trust God. Be a faith walker, not a faith talker. Do what you can. This man could have stayed right there in bed, couldn't he? Have you ever had those days when you just thought, I'm just going to stay in bed? Doesn't have to be a rainy day, does it? Just one of those days. This morning I asked Debbie when she was getting ready, hey, what's the plan today? She said, it's church, get up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He could have decided that he would continue. I mean, he's done it for 38 years. We don't like change, do we? Let's just, let's just, I'm doing okay. I just got me a new pot to rattle. I can sit out there on the street and rattle and hope I get some more coinage. And, you know, you know maybe he just enjoyed bacon. Maybe he was good at it. Beats going to work every day, right? He could have continued to sit there and Avoid the responsibilities of adulthood. He could have refused to get up for religious reasons. I mean, that usually helps us sometimes, doesn't it? Religious reasons. Got the mail yesterday. One of us at our house got something from the courts. It was Debbie. Jury duty. Again, that's okay because I've done it like 10,000 times. Okay, at least three or four. 
And I said, you could probably get out for religious reasons. It was, did you check the text? It was the Sabbath. Now, what did they do on the Sabbath? Nothing. What does Jesus do? Pick up your mat and walk. Forbidden. It's not right. Somebody could get in trouble. A day of rest, no work of any kind. Walking around carrying a mat, this could cause some trouble for him and for this healer guy. He could have said, why don't we meet tomorrow around 10-ish? And then we'll have this conversation, and I will pick up my mat, and I will run. I will pick up everyone's mat. Why don't we just do that? Jesus is saying, I think the same thing to us today. Maybe it's time to get your life straight. Quit making excuses. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be healed? Well, pick up your mat. Do your part, and I'll do mine. It's, it's time to move forward. And you could almost hear people crying out saying, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can. Just not in the cards. I've, I've been this way for a long, long time. I feel guilty. I've done some bad things. I'm a bad boy. I feel so lonely, so miserable, so empty, so disconnected. Small group, how could I ever be part of a small group? They would find out about me. Yeah, they might find out. You might find out about them. And you might help each other get well. By working together to pick up your mat and walk. Jesus says in Hebrews 13, 5, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. The word never in that piece means never. Isn't that a great feeling? Jesus says, you do life, never will I leave you. I will always be by your side. Never will I forsake you. I I will always be there. With the help of Jesus, I think we can get up and walk. We can move forward, and we really can't move forward until we are willing to let go. The man had a lot of moving forward to do and the first step in this wholeness process was obeying Jesus becoming holy verses 10 and 11 the healing happened and you know I'm going to point my finger to this too did you notice how long it took for the healing to happen did it take 10 days to take all the medication you'll feel better? Is that what, was, was that the deal? A couple weeks, you'll be feeling better. Instantaneously, he was healed, and the man got up. Now, just think about this. Hadn't walked for 38 years, and he just jumped up. Anybody here ever have an arm or a leg in a cast? Okay, did it. Could you use it? Instantly after you got that cast off? 
Let me help you remember. No, you can't. Jesus, when he does something, there's a miraculous happening here. And verses 10 and 11 say that, and you kind of had to know this was coming. Some of the Pharisees saw this man up walking around carrying his mat on the Sabbath. And I'm sure they knew him. Who is that? Oh, that's Samuel. What's he doing? He's walking. He's carrying. That's not legal. They didn't say, hey, man, this is miraculous. What's going on here? So they have a little encounter, and guess what he did? I don't know if this is the first time ever or whatever, but he threw his friend Jesus under the bus. If there would have been a bus back in those days. He said, that man, he did it. I'm just doing what he told me. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. Don't you know? The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. You know what we just read? More excuses. Hey, it wasn't me. That guy told me to do it, and I just did it. You know, if you want somebody to blame, go get him. Verse 14, Jesus says one more thing. Later, Jesus found him at the temple, and here's what he said. See, you are well again. Stop sinning. Stop it change do something different or what something worse could happen to you what could be worse well I can think of a few things and I'm sure this got his attention but this was the third piece of the conversation the third sentence and I think it kind of teaches us here too interesting what's going on here without even knowing any more about this man, there are some obvious sin issues in his life. We don't know much about him. But if we were investigating the situation, maybe here are some things that we would see naturally. First, maybe the sin of doubt. Do you want to get well? I've been hanging out here for a while. It hadn't happened yet. The sin of not trying, maybe not doing his part and You know, I wonder how many of us are ever guilty of not trying to make a better marriage, to quit that addiction, trying to quit talking. I had a friend who used to wear a rubber band on his arm, and whenever he was tempted to say a bad word, he would flick himself. (laughs) He went through a lot of rubber bands. Psychologists call that, don't they, behavior modification? But it finally worked. Had another friend who was a longtime smoker. You know how he quit? He just did it. I said, Man, I'll pray for you. He said, Good, because I'm just doing it. What's your plan? I have no plan. I'm just doing it. And he's done it for a long, long time. If ever I feel like I'm going low, I will find him because he's always got some hard candy in his pocket. Just did it. With the power of God. Maybe the sin of self-pity. I'm sure this man had every reason to feel 
sorry for who he was. Maybe the sin of making excuses. Have you ever thought of that as sinful? Maybe the sin of placing blame on someone else. I mean, we're good at that, aren't we? Maybe the sin of not taking responsibility. Maybe the sin of selfishness. Jesus said, hey, you're well now, so stop sinning. Or something worse could happen. So if you want to be whole, you need to lock into this holiness. And I think the same is true for you and me. We want to be whole, don't we? Start being holy. Don't talk that way. Don't go to those places. Don't do those things. Draw a line in the sand and just, like my friend, just quit it. Doubt, unbelief, self-pity, excuses, placing blame, not taking responsibility, pride, anger, resentment, lust, jealousy, greed. The list goes on and on and on. I had a friend call me one day and say, Jerry, I need to come talk. and I have a problem. I need to talk to you about it. His problem was with pornography. And he said, man, I just don't know what to do. I said, I watch it on my computer all the time. And my response once he asked me what I thought he should do, I said, either get rid of your computer or put it in some place in your house where all of your family has access. And we prayed and he left. And about three months later, he gave me a call again and said, can we talk? I said, yeah, man, what's up? And he came in. He said, you know what, this whole pornography thing, I, I, I really didn't listen to your advice. I thought that was kind of lame. but I just cheated on my wife. Will you come and tell her for me? I said, no, but I'll walk with you. And when she hits you and knocks you down, I will pick you up and let her hit you and knock you down again. Do you want to get well? Pick up your mat and walk. Do something. And quit doing what you have been doing or something worse could happen to you. The fact is God will make you whole, but he's not interested in merely changing your situation He wants to change you. And that's the way God works. He doesn't always change situations. He changes people. Do we like change? Nope. Don't think so. (laughs) Debbie has broccoli almost every night. She always asks me, hey, you want some of this broccoli? I always answer, nope. Maybe when she offers to dip it in chocolate, maybe I'll buy into that. Same conversation. Do you want to get well? Do something. Pick up your mat and walk. And sin no more.
I don't know if you recognize these guys. Mythbusters. You ever watch that show? It's on the Discovery Channel. And I know what some of you are thinking right now. Hey, I've been doing this for a long, long time. And you can't teach an old dog what? New tricks. That's the kind of thing these guys do on TV. They go after those things. They find out if it's a myth or if it's truth. So guess what they did? They took the statement, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. They went out and got four old dogs. I mean, it was hilarious. And the kicker is, in four days, every dog could heal, sit, lie down, and shake upon command. They busted the myth. So you know what? I don't care who you are in this room today, old or young, evidently you can teach an old dog new tricks. Or you can teach young pups how to live. So the question is quite obvious. Do you want to get well today? I mean, that's what Jesus asked this man. Three sentences. Do you want to get well? Pick up your mat and walk. Do your part. Don't sin anymore. Or something worse could happen to you. Will you pray with me? Father God, this time of communion is so important to us. Man, this is the time when we can bring our hurts and our frustrations and our fears to you. And we thank you for listening and hearing hearing us. And Father, our prayer today is that that we could just answer this question, yes or no, do we want to get well? And if it's, if it's a yes, help us, Father, to do our part, to pick up our mats and walk. And help us, Father, to do it for the rest of our life. Protect us from the evil one. Help us to sin no more. And help nothing worse to come our way. I thank you for your son Jesus, and I thank you for this bread, this cup, and for what it means and represents and symbolizes to us. Bless our wheat. Keep us from the evil one. Keep us free of accident, injury, difficulty, and harm. And bless us, Father, but more importantly than that, help us to be a blessing to someone. It's in your son's name that we live and pray. Amen.